Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 13 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning some of the content and message of the book of Galatians. In this epistle, Paul, among other topics, talks about how the Christian is to live a holy life. Of the 21 epistles in the New Testament, 13 are written by Paul, and 8 are general epistles. The first of Paul's epistles in book order in the New Testament is the book of Romans. Romans is followed by the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is followed by 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is followed by the book of Galatians. Galatians has six chapters. I will use the World English Bible for this episode because the World English Bible is in the public domain. Let's get started. The New Testament starts off with four gospel books written in this order, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. After the four gospels is the book of Acts, then the book of Romans. After the book of Romans is the book of 1 Corinthians, then 2 Corinthians, then Galatians. So the first nine books of the New Testament in order are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians. The author of Galatians is Paul the Apostle, and Paul is writing this letter to the Christian assembly in Galatia. This is either referring to southern Galatia or northern Galatia. We know more about the churches in southern Galatia than northern Galatia from the book of Acts. This is the background to the book of Galatians. Jesus was a Jew. He practiced the religion of the Jews. He came not to destroy the Old Testament, but to fulfill it. Jesus observed the teaching of the Old Testament. He was circumcised as an eight-day-year-old Jewish baby boy. He went to the synagogue and observed Jewish feast. He was more liberal than the Jews of his day regarding Sabbath observance, not because he rejected the Old Testament, but because the Jews of his day misapplied the Sabbath in a legalistic way. Jesus saw that it was totally appropriate to heal the sick on the Sabbath day. He taught the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. While he upheld the Old Testament, Jesus often did not agree with all the Jewish ideas about the Old Testament in his day. Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. God raised Jesus from the dead on the third day. On the day of Pentecost, Jesus pours out upon the church the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Many Jews accepted Christ. His closest disciples, called apostles, preached Jesus as being raised from the dead and being both Lord and Christ. They continued to go to the temple and worship God there. However, it was not long until non-Jews or mixed Jews became believers in Jesus as the Messiah. Then the question arose whether the Gentiles, the non-Jews, had to keep God's law or not. Were Gentile Christians to get circumcised? Were they to keep the Jewish feast? Were they to keep the Sabbath? Were they to abstain from foods the Old Testament called unclean, such as pork? Did the Gentiles need to become good Jews, proselytes, to become Christians? Jesus called Paul to minister to the Gentiles. How much of the Jewish law were these Gentiles supposed to keep? Some Jewish Christians were insisting that for a Gentile to be saved, they needed to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. 
While Paul and Barnabas were in Antioch, the Holy Spirit and the church in Antioch sent them out on a missionary journey to various cities where both Jews and Gentiles accepted Christ. Paul and Barnabas had returned from this journey and were ministering in Antioch again. While Paul and Barnabas were ministering to Christians in Antioch and Syria, some Christian Jews came to Antioch and taught that the Gentiles could not be saved if they did not get circumcised according to the custom of Moses and that they the they had to keep the law of Moses. We find this in Acts chapter 15, verses 1 to 3, and also in verse 5. Paul and Barnabas strongly disagreed with this view. The Christian leaders in Jerusalem, including Peter and James, met to discuss this issue when Paul and Barnabas were present in Jerusalem. This Jerusalem council and the Holy Spirit decided that Gentile Christians need to only observe the Mosaic law by abstaining from things offered to idols, from eating blood, from eating things strangled, and from sexual immorality. Acts chapter 15, verses 28 to 29. The apostles in Jerusalem sent this letter to the Gentile Christians in Antioch. It makes sense that Galatians could have been written about the time that these issues were going on because the issues that Paul is addressing are the same issues. Paul, in the book of Galatians, was addressing this issue of the law and the gospel. The question also arises that if Christians are not justified before God by keeping the law, then does it really matter how a Christian is to live? Since we are saved by grace, does a Christian need to obey God to stay in a right relationship with God? The answer is yes. Even though a Christian is not saved by keeping the law, if a born-again Christian lives a life of sin, then they will not inherit the kingdom of God. We see this in Galatians chapter 5. See Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 to 21. In Galatians chapter 1 verses 1 through 5, Paul greets the Christians in Galatia, referring to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 4, Paul addresses Jesus' atoning death for our sins. Paul addresses the following. 1 what Christ did for us, and two, the reason Christ did it. First, what did Christ do for us? The answer is that Christ gave himself for our sins. This means Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Paul gives two reasons Jesus did this. One, Christ died for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. And two, Christ died for our sins because it was God the Father's will. Notice that Galatians 1.4 says that Jesus died to deliver us from this present evil age. Jesus did not die, die to save us in spite of us sinning. Jesus died to enable us not to sin. If we continue sinning after we have been forgiven of our sins, it is falling short of what Jesus did on the cross for our sins. He died to deliver us from a lifestyle of sinning. Why should we trust or believe Paul's version of the gospel or good news as being correct and that contrary views are not correct? Paul addresses this in Galatians chapter 1. Paul says we should believe Paul's version of the gospel because it came from Jesus Christ. Man is not the source of his gospel, but a revelation from Jesus Christ. 
Some like to distinguish Paul's teaching from Jesus' teaching. That cannot be done. Paul's teaching came from Jesus Christ. Paul says he learned his gospel not from the other apostles or from other men, but from Jesus Christ. Paul also teaches that the gospel is taught by how we live. When Paul went to Jerusalem, he did not compel Titus, who was a Greek, to be circumcised. Titus was an example of a saved believer that was not circumcised. Circumcision is not required for salvation. We teach by how we live. Peter the apostle, even though he was a Jew, did not observe all the Jewish laws. God had given him a vision as seen in Acts chapter 10 that no food is unclean. Peter was free to eat pork. Peter knew this and lived that way. One day Peter went to Antioch and among the Gentile Christians he he lived with the liberty of a Gentile Christian and associated freely with the Gentile Christians. He would eat with the Gentile Christians. He would associate with them. He also likely was eating with the Gentiles food considered unclean under Mosaic law. But when some Christians came from James, who was the Jewish Christian leader in Jerusalem, Peter quit eating with the Gentiles. This is because the Christian Jews in Jerusalem practiced the Mosaic law. Peter was more concerned about what others thought of him than being true to the gospel. Peter's hypocrisy spread even to Barnabas. Barnabas was Paul's missionary partner to the Gentiles. They were sending the wrong message to the Gentile Christians. The behavior of Peter and Barnabas was telling these Gentile Christians, you are not accepted before God unless you become a good Jew first and are circumcised and and observe the law of Moses. Peter rebuked Peter for this in front of them all so that they could see the importance of eating with the Gentiles and showing that one is saved through faith and not by works of the law. Paul says in Galatians 2.16, Yet knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, even we believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because no flesh will be justified by the works of the law. World English Bible. Death of the law enables the Christian to live in obedience to God. It is not a license to sin. Christians are crucified with Christ and die to the law, and now Christ lives in the believer, enabling the believer to live a holy life. Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, For I, though through the law, died to the law, then I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. That life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. World English Bible. Notice here Paul is saying the life he lives in the flesh, that is in his human nature, he lives by faith in Jesus who died for him. Keep in mind, words mean different things in different contexts. Here Paul is using the term flesh to refer to his human nature he lives in. However, later in Galatians, he says not to walk in the flesh. There, in Galatians chapter 5, Galatians, uh, uh, flesh does not mean human nature such as is used here, but refers, 
refers to using one's human nature in rebellion against God. Then almost immediately in the next few verses in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul is not referring to flesh as the life he lives in the human nature, but he uses the term flesh to refer to human effort that is not dependent on God's Spirit. Christians receive the Holy Spirit not through the works of the law, but through faith. Paul points to Genesis 15, verse 6, where it says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to Abraham as righteousness. It is by faith we are right before God. All nations are blessed in Abraham for those who follow Abraham's example of believing God. Paul teaches that God's law brought a curse. God's curse comes on those who do not 100% of the time keep God's entire law. No one can do that. So by the law, all are under a curse. We are justified by before God by faith, not by works of the law. Since we have all sinned, is there a way for us to be set free from this curse of the law? Paul says Christ made a way for us to be freed from the curse of the law. Jesus did this by becoming a curse for us. Jesus never sinned, but when he died on the cross, he became a curse for us, because the Old Testament says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The cross was made of wood from a tree. When Jesus was executed on the cross, he became a curse for us. The blessing of Abraham is available to the Gentiles, not by the works of the law, but through Jesus Christ. By faith, believers receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. The law has a benefit. It shows us our sinfulness and shows us our need of Christ. The function of the law is to bring us to Christ so we can be justified by faith. Christians are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Water baptism accompanied by repentance and faith results in one putting on Christ. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul says that before Christ came, we were under bondage to the law. Christ made redemption from the law possible by being born under the law and redeeming those who believed in him from the law. Now we are no longer servants of God, but sons of God. Paul is not saying here that Christians are not God's servants. Paul teaches in Romans we are servants of whom we obey and that we are to serve God. When Paul says here that we are no longer servants, he is saying we are no longer enslaved to the law. This does not mean we no longer need to obey God. Paul makes clear in Romans chapter 6 verses 15 to 18 that if we serve sin, we are the servant of sin, and we need to serve God and righteousness. Paul is saying in Galatians that we are no longer enslaved to the law as a means of justification. Christians are not obligated to observe Sabbath days and Jewish feasts of the Old Testament. Christian males need not practice circumcision of the flesh. Christians earn no merit before God by observing these holy days. Christians are not under the Mosaic law. Paul is also making a distinction here between a servant and a son, and that a servant does not share in his master's inheritance, while a son does and share in the inheritance. But as we see in the book of Romans, Christians, while they're still sons of God, are to serve God in righteousness, 
we are servants of whom we obey. If we obey sin, we're the servant of sin. If we obey God, we're the servant of God. Paul gives the illustration of Abraham's wife, Sarah, and his concubine wife, Hagar. The son of Sarah was Isaac. He was the child of God's promise through faith. Ishmael was the son of Hagar through human effort, apart from the special promise of God regarding Isaac. Hagar represents the Mosaic law given at Mount Sinai and represents the earthly Jerusalem. Christians are a part of the new Jerusalem in heaven. They are children of promise, just as Isaac was a children of promise through faith. Christians who seek to be circumcised are obligated to keep the entire law, which none can do. Those who seek to be justified by the law are fallen from God's grace and alienated from Jesus Christ. Circumcision does not matter. What matters is faith working through love. The phrase, faith working through love, is a quote from Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, World English Bible. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, For you, brothers, were called for freedom. Only don't use your freedom for gain to the flesh, but through love be servants to one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word in this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, be careful that you don't consume one another. World English Bible. There is a battle between God's Holy Spirit and the desires of the flesh. Here in Galatians 5, Paul is referring to the flesh, not as to benign human nature, as he does in Galatians 2.20, but here he is referring to the flesh as human nature seeking through its own efforts to either please God or go its own way in rebellion against God. In other words, we're just depending upon ourselves and not depending upon God. Um, or we're, or you were done into downright rebellion against God. However, the Christian is not to walk according to just human effort or in a rebellion against God, but is to be led by the Holy Spirit. Paul says the deeds of the flesh, that is human nature independent of God's Spirit, and rebellion uh, to God's Spirit commits all kinds of sins, and those who practice such sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. Now the deeds of the flesh are obvious, which are adultery, sexual immorality, uncleanness, lustfulness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, rivalries, divisions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, even as I also forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit God's kingdom, World English Bible. Paul sees freedom from the law not as freedom to sin, but as freedom that comes from God's Spirit, enabling us to be free from sin so that we can now walk in God's Spirit to please God. Regarding the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Paul says in Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. World English Bible. Paul says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 24, 
Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and lust. World English Bible. Who has crucified the flesh with its patience and lust? This verse says it is those who belong to Christ. Then the question is, who belongs to Christ? The phrase belong to Christ in Galatians 5.24 is literally in the Greek, the ones of Christ, in which Christ is in the genitive case in Greek, meaning of Christ. And this is interpreted in the World English Bible and other versions to denote possession. That is why it says, They belong to Christ to denote possession. Paul also refers to the Galatians who believe in Jesus as being of Christ in Galatians chapter 3 verse 29, where the World English Bible translates it as our Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 says, If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to promise. World English Bible. Who belongs to Christ? The answer is those who have faith in God's promise of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, apart from the works of the law. In other words, every born-again Christian belongs to Christ. Paul is saying in Galatians 5.24 that every born-again believer has crucified the flesh with its patience and lust. Notice it says, has crucified. This is not a process, but a once-and-for-all event that occurs at conversion. This happens at conversion. Now, we know from other scripture passages that God also crucifies crucifies the flesh of those who have faith in Christ, Jesus. For example, in Romans chapter 6, we see that through our unity with Christ at conversion, we are joined to the Christ who died to sin on the cross. But Paul is emphasizing Galatians 5.24, Not the work of God, but the work of the believer. The believer is the one who, at conversion, crucifies the flesh with his patience and desires. Here, flesh does not refer to the human body or the desires of our human nature, for benign things like the desire for food when we are hungry or water when we are thirsty. Rather, Paul is referring to human effort as a means of earning favor with God, and to human nature exercised independent of God's Spirit in opposition to God's Spirit, such as those sins just mentioned as the works of the flesh in Galatians 5, 19-21. The Christian crucifies them at conversion by putting on Christ through faith. They put on the very Christ who died to the law, sin, and to human nature in its rebellion against God. In chapter 6, Paul encourages the believers to help restore Christians who have fallen into some sin. We are to restore that Christian with a spirit of gentleness. An essential part of fulfilling the law of Christ is for Christians to bear one another's burdens. While we all have our own load or responsibility before God, we are to help other Christians with the hardships they face. The law of Christ is the law to love one another. Paul exhorts Christians to share with the needs of those who teach God's word. Paul further affirms, we will reap what we sow. Yes, we are saved by grace and not of works, but if we live according to the flesh as human nature in rebellion against God, then we will reap the fruit of our sins. If we walk in God's Holy Spirit, we will reap from the Holy Spirit eternal life. In this context, 
text, Paul is not just talking about not doing the works of the flesh and living in God's Holy Spirit, but Paul is also referring to helping pay for the pastor's salary because he teaches God's word and taking the opportunity to do good to all people, especially to other believers. Thus we reap what we sow. Paul ends this epistle by affirming that his boasting is not in what he does in his own strength, but his boasting is in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to Paul and Paul to the world. What matters to the Christian is not circumcision nor uncircumcision, but the new creation in Christ Jesus. He says a few other words, but that's the essence of what I want to emphasize of the last of what Paul says in this book. I encourage you this week to review the Old Testament books in order and learn the New Testament books in order from Matthew through Galatians. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out the website, UpwardJourneyBibleStudy.com, where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. Bye for now.